So, you know, we have been praying and prophesying that it's time for the prodigals to start coming home, right? We've been saying that. So I got a call from my brother um, a couple days ago. And to just give you a little bit of a backstory on my brother, um, probably when he was, I don't know, 16 or maybe even younger, um, he started drinking a lot. And um, so for over the years and things like that, we've always had to um, deal with him in those situations. He's been in accidents more than I can even recall where he has walked away without a scrape on him um, because he was driving drunk. Um, he would go to some of those rehab places and he would be good for a period of time. He was going to AA, but he would always, you know, fall back off the wagon. He had gotten involved in drugs um, for a season and, you know, came out of that. But alcohol was just a big thing for him. Like he just wouldn't drink, you know, a six pack. He would drink three or an entire bottle of vodka. Um, his wife and daughter would come home at times and he would literally be passed out and they couldn't wake him up and they'd have to take him to the hospital and basically, you know, have his stomach pumped and things like that because of just how drunk he was. And so um, several years ago, the Lord did a work um, in him with my parents. There was a reconciliation. My mother was praying, 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 praying. How many know it's good to have a praying mama, right? So, you know, he gives all the credit to my mother and to the Lord, the fact that she continued to pray for him because he knows now that he has walked out of things that he never, ever, ever should have walked out from except that the Lord protected him because of the prayers of my, our, our mom. Um, <clears throat> So anyway, he started to share with me. He was just telling me, he's like, I talked to our dad, and he's like, I was on the phone with him for about an hour, and just this and that. And he's like, I know it's late because it was almost 9 o'clock, and he knows that I like to go to bed early. So I'm like, by 9.30, it's usually not a good time to call me. <laughs> and he's like, well, he goes, so I'll let you go. He goes, but he made this, this comment, and he said, I just want you to know that I've been praying, he said, and I've been weeping when I pray. He goes, but that's a story for another time. He's like, so I'll talk to you later. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Brian, now I had him on speaker in our kitchen, and Brian and I are both like, you prayed? <laughs> so we said to him. And um, he's like, oh, man, he's like, I knew you weren't going to let that go. Now, I'm two, two and a half years older than him. He's 45. Right now, he'll be 46 in May. And he reminded me um, several years ago, my parents and, and Brian and I, we went down to his house, and his wife is a Jehovah Witness. And so we've always tried to be very respectful. He's been very respectful of what she believes and things like that. And so it's always been a little bit of tension because, you know, when we get together, we pray. And that's just not, anyway, there's just been some issues with that. So on our way down, my brother lives over in Cape Coral. Um, we were visiting. We still lived in North Carolina at the time. Um, when we were going down to his house, my mom said, I think you're going to prophesy over your brother. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. And she's like, so just see, you know, if the Lord gives you something or whatever. And I'm like, all right. And so um, we get down there, and um, I, I really didn't feel like I had anything. So before we leave, my mom's like, she's so cute because this is what she does. She's like, well, this is what our family does. Every time we get together and we leave, we're going to pray. And if any of you have seen my cute little petite mom, she's just like got this little smile on her face. She's like, so that's what we're going to do looking at his wife, right? So we get in a circle, and um, so my mom looks at me, and she's like, Pam, you're going to pray. I'm like, I got nothing. I'm like, really? Like, in English? Because I, like, I can pray in tongues, because I didn't have a single thing that I even knew what to say. So, 
So we're standing there, and I am trying. And, you know, you talk about whether or not the wind of God is on a prayer. There wasn't even, like, a light, light breeze on anything I was saying. I was just like, I've got nothing. I couldn't take it anymore. So I drop hands because we're standing in a circle, and I go to my brother, and I just lay hands on him, and I just start praying in tongues. And, it, I mean, I couldn't even help it. It just took, it just, just like that. And the power of God came on him, and just, like, just, he just moved, and I I don't, I guess I prophesied some things and stuff like that. And so when I left, he had just texted me and said, you know, he's like, um, he's like, I was a little concerned when you first started to pray. He said, because of Becky, his wife, he said, but I just started to feel so warm and tingly all over. He's like that. I finally thought, you know what? I'll deal with her later. I want to just, whatever this is, I'm going to yield to it. And so he said he did. And we really didn't have a whole lot more discussion about it other than that here and there, except this past Thanksgiving, he was asking my parents several times. He asked me, he's like, are you coming for Thanksgiving? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I want you to pray for me again like you did when you come, like for Thanksgiving. And I'm like, okay, but Scott, I don't, you know, I'm like, okay. So, and my dad called me. He's like, you're really coming, right? Your brother's called us like three times to make sure you're coming and said, Pam has to pray for me. Pam's got to pray for me. And I'm like, well, no pressure, but I'm like, okay, God, well, clearly you want to do something in him. And so when we went there for Thanksgiving, I prayed over him again and basically told him that the Lord is wooing him, that he has a decision that he needs to make, that the Lord wants to go back into relationship with him. Now, my brother had been blaming God for everything, that anything bad that would happen, it was God. When our grandfather, who was like 80-something, passed away, God took him. Go, what's wrong with God? I'm like, Scott, it was just, you know, time for him to go. I mean, he was always blaming God. But he would call me, like, to kind of help put him on the straight now. He's like, I'm calling you to get my lecture from my older sister, because you always, you know, try to put me straight, and he would just kind of listen to me, right? So anyway, that's a little bit of backstory of that. So Thursday, he shares with me, he said, Pam, he goes, what you don't understand is that time that you came to our house and prayed, he said, all of that anger I had against the Lord, all of that bitterness went away. He said, I was, it, it just left me. He said, I don't even know how to explain. And he had never shared that with me, right? I, had, I did not know that. And he said that it was within, I don't know how long, that he woke up one day and he no longer had a desire for alcohol at all. At all. Nothing. And he said, I didn't even realize it until later in the afternoon. He goes, because every morning I would wake up and there would be this fight in me. There would be like this fight to, I don't want to drink, I don't want to drink, I don't want to drink. And it's a battle. He said, and you don't understand the statistics of that happening to an alcoholic, he said, are so, so rare. He said, and this is what God did. And I'm just like, well, praise God. And I said, so what does this, what's this prayer thing you were telling me? And he says, Pam, he said, the past two weeks, he said, I have been praying. And when I pray, I am just weeping. I'm like, really? He's like, I don't understand it. He goes, and I am saying things I don't even, in English, he's like, and I don't even know why I am saying what I am saying. And I said, that is God. I said, the Lord is coming. He goes, and I, I can't breathe. He goes, I feel, he goes, is it like that all the time where you feel like you're, you can't breathe? And I'm like, well, no. But, you know, I said, the Lord is encountering you. He's trying to show you some things. So he tells me, he says, well, we have this dog. They have one of those little dachshund dogs. You know how they have the really big eyes, the really big black pupil eyes? Well, the one eye with the pupil was down to a quarter, and they had taken the dog to the vet, and the vet said, the dog's going to lose its eye. There's really nothing we can do. Here's some pills to take. You need to bring the dog back in a couple days, and basically they're going to take the dog's eye. So my brother's really upset about it, and um, 
So he, he's, he says, I'm home, and he goes, and I just take the dog, and I start holding the dog. He goes, and I start praying. He goes, and I'm saying stuff, and, like, I'm decreeing angels and healing and all this other stuff. And he's just like, I'm like, who, what's saying, what, what's happening? Within a couple of days, the pupil is almost back to 100%, right? He takes the dog to the vet, and the vet's like, I don't understand what happened. This doesn't happen. And he said, because because we were prepared to take the dog's eye today, but I guess we're not going to take the dog's eye today, so you guys can go back. So my mom um, was diagnosed, well, the doctor's report a couple weeks ago, my mom had been in the hospital, um, the doctors are saying that she has shingles. And so my brother tells me, he goes, Pam, he goes, I'm on my knees praying for our mother. He's like, and I am weeping when I pray. Am I always going to cry when I pray? I'm like, I don't think so. I said, but God is really, I think, trying to do a release in you. I said, so, you know, just, he's like, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going with it. He goes, and I'm, he's loosing angels. He's like, I'm saying stuff about binding the enemy and doing this and doing that. He goes, and I don't, you don't understand. I'm like, I don't understand what I'm saying. And I'm like, well, at least you're saying it in English. I'm like, too. So I'm like, that's good. But I told him, I said, well, praise God. I said, because you, I said, and then he tells me 2019 is going to be awesome. Do you know that God is going to do amazing stuff? This is my brother in 2019. I'm like, yes, he is, Scott. He goes, no, I don't think you understand. He goes, I don't know what it is. He goes, but he's going to do some really awesome stuff. And I'm like, yes, he is. And I said, Scott, what you need to understand is part of the prophetic word for 2019 is that the prodigals are coming home. I said, and while you have already come home, if you will, to the family, we're reconciled back to the family through everything that had happened with all the alcoholism and all that stuff. I said, you have now been reconciled back to the father. I said, and so that is part of that prophetic word. I said, so you keep continuing to pray. So I'm like, I got a couple of things that I have had as prayer projects. So I'm giving them to you because clearly God is doing stuff for you right now. I'm like, you just start prophesying and decreeing and declaring it. I'm like, we're going to shift some stuff. So glory to God. So I just want to tell you that he, Lord, show me, he is a first fruits, right? But the thing is, is he is not the one who prayed for the deliverance from the alcohol. My mother stood in the gap for him and contended and prayed, and the Lord showed up and answered her prayer while she stood in the gap. So the Lord is asking us today to do the same thing. Who is going to stand in the gap Who's going to stand in the gap for New York? Who is going to stand in the gap and prophesy for New York, right? So yesterday, um, I was trying to work on this, Lord, what do you want me to say? And I started at 9 o'clock, and I'm just like, God, what, you know, at my computer? Or or I think, well, maybe if I look in this book over here, maybe I'll get some sentence, something. Because all I had was, this is that. That's all I had. This is that. Like, okay, so prophecy, right, what is... What does that mean? So by 2.30, I still really had one sentence. Bryant was here at the church working on some stuff, and he sent me a message. He's like, so how's your message going for tomorrow? I sent him a screen with a blank piece of paper. I'm like, this is how far I've gotten. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. I'm like, you need to pray. (laughs) I'm like, because I don't know where we're going. So I was doing some laundry, and the Lord just started dropping into my spirit about New York and praying and standing in the gap for New York. And I'm like, really, God, is that you? I'm like thinking, well, I'm like, well, I don't know why I would have thought that. And so usually when the Lord has me speak, he'll, I'll, I'll tell him like, you need to confirm for me that this is where I'm supposed to go. Usually he waits until Sunday morning when I've already done, the message is already done and it's in worship and, you know, and I'm like, oh, thank God I did the right, you know, I kind of was on the right track. But yesterday he was a little, um, 
kinder is not the right word, but anyway, he decreased my stress level tremendously because I went back within 10 minutes, I was looking at my email and the very first one that I had not read yet said um, that, where was I at with it? Anyway, it was about, I think I got all off track with my Thing. But anyway, it was about New York. It was about the fact that there, oh, here it is, a commentary on Goliath and the new law in New York. And I was like, wow, okay, God, well, that's the email, so I'm going to go with it. That's confirmation that I'm supposed to be talking about New York. So um, basically what I did is I'm going to give you guys a foundation, and then we're going to, we're actually going to prophesy and pray for New York. So as y'all know, or most of you I'm sure probably know that on January 22nd, they passed a law, um, and they are calling it the Reproductive Health Act. And it is a law to preserve access to abortion and to remove abortion from the state's criminal code. And I found it very interesting because I started thinking about, okay, well, what has the Lord said prophetically about New York? Who is, who's New York supposed to be? So I don't know how many of you have ever read Dutch Sheet's book about the prophetic destiny of the nation and how he and Chuck Pierce did a 50-state tour and went to each state, and they did multiple services. And for each one, the Lord told him, you need a fresh word, and you, you don't, I'm not having you recycle a word from New York, and you're going to give it to North Carolina, but you need to seek me at each meeting and get a fresh word for, that, um, for each region and each state. And that it was 15 years ago this month that they were in New York, 15 years and part of the word that came out of their tour was that New York, that there was to be a statewide call to gather and worship will come forth and a new sound will begin to arise out of the state of New York. That 60 houses of revival were going to spring forth throughout New York State. That a prophetic sign was going to be given during the spring thaw. And that the Empire State was going to be called or be going to become his kingdom state. So that tour began in Brooklyn um, on, January, on Thursday, January the 15th, and they called a good portion of the body of Christ in New York City together and to receive an impartation to shift the state from being an empire state to his kingdom state. And the Lord kept giving him this watchword, and it was connect, and it was repeated at every gathering, that they needed to connect as a whole rather than to continue to operate on separate paths. And it didn't mean that every Christian was going to connect. Rather, they said, a remnant would connect, and God would release authority to that remnant to legislate in the heavenlies. So New York, it's interesting, because um, I grew up in upstate New York, so you have the city, and then you have upstate. And so when you live in New York, I mean, they really feel like the city is their own they, they don't even consider themselves part of upstate New York. They are an entity in and of themselves. And even within New York City, there's these different boroughs, and they consider they're almost like separate cities within this city. I mean, that's just how New York is. So the Lord is calling them to come together, to unify together, and to not be separate, right? And so that Saturday morning while they were up there for their tour in Rochester, they talked about how the presence of God was so heavy, it came so heavily during worship, that one of the pastors who they brought in who represented um, the Mohawk Nation, um, and they were the keepers of the Eastern Gate and other First Nations people of New York, they came to declare, this group of First Nations people, that the Eastern Gates of New York have now been opened to the King of Glory. And the presence of God was so heavy that they could hardly even stand when they were decreeing and declaring that. And then Dutch came, and he spoke on the rain, the fire, and the river of God. 
And they were told that they needed to not only hear what the Lord was saying, but they needed to enter in to what the Lord was doing. And that this was the 33rd state that they visited. And the Holy Spirit gave a word that they were to declare that the occult power of Freemasonry, which of the highest level of the Freemasons is the 33rd degree, would begin to be dismantled, and that the effects of Freemasonry in this nation would also begin to be exposed, even as in the days of the revival fires that were spread through the ministry of Charles Finney. So, um, so I'm, like I said, I was going through and I was working on this, and I'm like, okay, God, I'm like, I know you, I'm like, are you sure this is the direction you want me to go in? So in, in their book, The Prophetic Destiny of the Nation, they talk about what the prophetic words were, and then they kind of give you a history of each state. So um, in part of the history of New York, it talked about, it said that of all the various groups of Native Americans in the northeastern U.S. and the southeastern Canada, that none is more famous than the six nations that composed the Iroquois Confederacy, and that they were located in what is now New York State. It said the Confederacy was originally comprised of five different tribes. But they went on to say that a sixth tribe migrated from North Carolina to the border regions between New York and Pennsylvania. And they united with the other five tribes and they became a cohesive alliance. So when I read that, I started to laugh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, God. Because I was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And when I was a year old, my parents moved to New York. They moved to Poughkeepsie, which is an hour, like almost two hours north of the city. And then several years later, they ended up moving to Endicott, which is literally on the border. Like if you look at it on the state, it's in upstate New York, but it's, it's right on the border of like Pennsylvania and, North, and uh, New York. And when I was a young adult, after I graduated from college, I moved from New York to North Carolina. So in that paragraph, they mentioned North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and New York, and I have a connection with all three of those states. And I said, okay, God, well, we're just going to go with this is what you want me to bring tomorrow, and this is what we're supposed to do. So God just confirms things to me in just unique ways, and so I'm just appreciative of that when he does that. So what um, we're going somewhere with this, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to lay a foundation for you, right? I, I'm trying to lay a foundation so you understand this is who New York is. This is who she has called to be, and we, as the Ecclesia for Florida, as a governing body are going to help call her forth into her prophetic destiny, but you need to know what her prophetic destiny is, right? So what has been spoken over her? What has been, what has been said? So, you know, New York has been called the empire state. So I thought, okay, well, what does empire mean? So I looked it up, and it says an extensive group of states or countries under a single supreme authority, like especially like emperor, you know, like the Roman empire was under Caesar. And synonyms for empire are kingdom, realm, domain, territory, and province. And it also can stand for a large commercial organization which is owned or controlled by one person or one group. So it was prophesied that the empire state was going to be his kingdom state. What New York was going to have as their single supreme authority or be controlled by was the Lord and his kingdom. That is part of the prophetic word for New York. And that is not what we see happening, but that is what has been spoken over her as to who she is and that is what her destiny is. So as a state that has been held under the bondage of Freemasonry to the highest level, they said that that occult power would be dismantled. And in addition to that, because of that, then, then this nation would have an exposure of the Freemasonry history that was embedded in this nation. And the Lord would begin to do things. And that it would be recorded, it was, it was said that it talked about 
Charles Finney, and it said that this nation would begin to be like it was in his days, that the revival fires that spread throughout his ministry, that it said that when Charles Finney was in Rochester, New York, 95% of the people of Rochester were saved, 95% during the revival fires. So that's part of this part of the prophecy. God, show up like you did during that time. Show up in New York like you did when Charles Finney was there with the revival fires. Spread your fire out in that state and just go in and turn around what the enemy has done, right? New York State has a Statue of Liberty sitting in its harbor, right, bearing this inscription, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. That is her destiny. But the enemy has taken it and twisted it. What they think now is freedom is really bondage. So what the symbol of New York is supposed to stand for, right, that the Lord is trying to say, come in here, come in here, and I will release your burden. I will take those burdens off of you. Come into the state, and I will give you rest. The enemy has twisted it, and the people who are in leadership and are in government there are instead taking those people who are coming to them to be free and actually putting them in more bondage than they were even in before they got there because of the twisting, the twisting. And in New York, it is also where Joseph Smith was visited by what he thought was an angel, but it really was a demon, and that's where the Mormon religion um, found it. He was in New York when all of that happened. So as I mentioned earlier, 15 years ago, it was 15 years ago this month when Dutch and Chuck were there. And um, they planted these prophetic seeds into the state. And others, I'm sure, were, were planted before then and after then. But as I'm an accountant, I'm, you know, God's always showing me, talking to me with, with numbers. So I'm like, 15, well, that's five times three. I'm like, well, what's five? You know, and we know some of the meanings of five are grace, anointing, joining heaven and earth, favor, action, uh, redemption, and atonement. And three, you know, represents the Trinity, a perfect witness and testimony, divine wholeness, completeness, and perfection. And that 15 talks about the energy of divine grace, rest, mercy, resurrection, and glory, delivered or freedom from death, the bride of Christ, a reprieve, a pardon, restoration, deliverance. So again, Ecclesia of Florida, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to prophesy? Because what do we really believe that life and death are in the power of the tongue, like it tells us in Proverbs? And if we do, what is your tongue saying? What is your tongue saying about New York and the government and the governor of the state of New York? What is it saying about him, about them? What are we going to prophesy about this state? What are we going to say? So the Lord talked to me about Ezekiel chapter 37 when he was given the vision of the valley of dry bones. And so this is what it says. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass among them and round about, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered and said, oh God, you know. And he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put sinew 
on you. I will make flesh grow back on you. I will cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone and I looked and behold sinews were upon them and flesh grew and skin covered them but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath thus says the Lord God come from the four winds O breath and breathe on these slain that they may come to life so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came to them and they came to life and they stood on their feet an exceedingly great army so Ecclesia for the state of Florida will you prophesy that the Lord God will show up into the abortion clinics of not only New York State but America will you prophesy that he can take what they have destroyed and mutilated and those body parts will begin to come together on these children and what they said was not life really is and it will begin to breathe and these children will come back to life will you have the faith enough will you have the boldness enough to stand there in the face of the devil and say this is life God show up God have your way. God reveal to these people that what it is that they are doing. Give them a Damascus Road experience, God. Come show up for these abortioners like you did with Saul, who is murdering Christians. These abortionists who are coming in and who are murdering your children and let them see, let them have a Damascus Road experience with you and say to them, why are you killing me? Why are you persecuting my children? Why are you doing this? That these mothers who are struggling with abortion, that you would visit them and you would show them this is the prophetic destiny of the child that you carry in your womb that it is it is okay if you have to give it up for adoption because I still have a purpose and a plan and I forgive you for whatever situation that you are in will we believe that will we say will we be able to prophesy that or will we sit there and say there is no hope for New York they have called down the wrath of God on their heads we are going to prophesy judgment on them or will we say no New York State this is not who you are this is who the Lord God Almighty says you are and we will stand in the gap for the unborn and we will prophesy and we will say that you will hear from the Lord that the four winds will come in and the spirit of God will move across that state and there will be a sound and there will be a shaking in New York State and it will go throughout this nation because we want Roe v. Wade overturned, do we not? And we want them to come in and even if it is you have these states who are doing these things like New York and we can sit there and we can prophesy and we can say no. Why? Because we are a forerunner state. We are the forerunner state. So as Florida goes, so goes the nation. So as the ecclesia of Florida comes together and is an example and is turning around and saying we will stand in the gap and we will prophesy just like my mother stood in the gap for my brother and continue to say this is this is my child this is who you have given me this is not who he is and the Lord God came and somebody prayed and he showed up and he broke off bondages because of the prayers of someone else will we sit there and will we stand in the gap for the unborn in this nation and in the state of New York and say no this is not what it is supposed to look like and ask God to come in and do revival because we can overturn the law but if they still have no revelation of the fact that this really is a child from conception we are going to continue to have issues so ecclesia of the state of florida what will you do what will you do and i'm sorry i'm like yelling <laughs> what will you do <laughs> God. Mm. so um before we <clears throat> prophesy i want to share something else with you because mm, Help us, Jesus. So Governor Cuomo, um, he went to the um, LGBT community in Manhattan. 
this past week, and um, he said that the legislation that he has signed in recent days puts forth a different set of social values than what we see in Washington. They say in Washington that we are going to appoint a Supreme Court justice who can roll back Roe v. Wade because they want us to go back 47 years ago. And we will say, no, no. That's what he's saying. He goes, you want to take us back, but we're going forward. They think they're going forward, right? <clears throat> he said, we are looking to pass a woman's right to choose and put it into law, he declared. And I want a constitutional amendment so that no new legislature or governor can change it. And I was talking to that about my husband. I'm like, well, if he thinks he can change it as governor, why does he think that nobody can change it after him? But I don't know. I'm, I'm not that familiar with how they do that. But anyway, so then he's also saying that New York was the first big state to pass a law legalizing same-sex marriage and that the state this week was going one step farther, that he wanted everyone in that room to be proud of what they have done among their leadership on this issue, that there has been no state that has been more aggressive in advocating and achieving rights and acceptance for, LGBT, for the LGBT community than New York State, than the city of New York. He said, this is New York at its best, he said. Hate is not the strongest four-letter word. Love is the strongest four-letter word. This is what the governor of New York said to the LGBT community, right? <clears throat> and so Florida, our answer is that no, 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 no. You have bought into the lie of the enemy. What you thought is going to move you forward is actually going to bring you back. What you thought was giving you freedom is actually putting you into bondage. That is what is happening. That you are saying, you are saying that you have been more aggressive in advocating and achieving rights and acceptance for the LGBT community and now, you know, for what they are doing with abortion, that we are going to prophesy that there will be a divine turnaround and that they will be one of the states who will be advocating and achieving marriage, heterosexual marriage, the way God ordained it, and they will be one of the champions of life, that the, the Lord will come in and do a shifting in them, that he will come in and he will shift it. So I asked a couple ladies, because I believe the Lord showed me that we need to have some women um, who are going to pray, and um, Alicia's going to come up, and we're going to um, just start praying, and we're going to prophesy, and we are going to declare some things. And um, <clears throat> because you know, it's all about right, the woman's right to choose. So I asked Kim and Pam and Patty um, to come up, and we are just going to see what the Lord releases. So I'm going to ask you guys, too, to just pray, agree in the spirit as we are praying and as we are prophesying. And um, just as the Lord lays it on your heart, if you see things about it, just pray. And if you don't know what to say in English, just pray in the spirit. And um, that we... Um, we want to see this thing turned around, but it's not just about the law. We've got to have a change in people's hearts. So we want that. We, we need to be able to see that. We need them. They need to understand what it really is that they're doing and not just, well, the law says I can't do it and try to find ways to circumvent it, right? They need to really, truly understand life. <clears throat>